We have begun the second half of the Masechta, which focuses more on the actual prohibitions of a Nazir. And the first Mishnah of the Perek introduced us to the three categories of prohibition of a Nazir. Not drinking wine, not shaving their hair, and not becoming Tommy from a dead body. Now, we learned in the previous Mishnah that all parts of grapes, be it the grape skins, or the grape seeds, the actual grape, it could be something which comes out of the grape, like wine. All of those things join together in order to make up the minimum size for which one is punished by malchus, by lashes. Of course, it's forbidden to have any amount of the grapes. One would only receive lashes for doing so if he ate at least a kazayas, or we saw possibly a different amount. For now, we will take on the position of the Tanakama that the final decision was that the minimum amount in order to receive lashes is that he must have eaten at least a kazayas, the size of an olive. Now, the Torah, when it says the prohibitions of a Nazir, it goes through all of the different parts of the grape. It says you can't eat the grape skins, you can't eat the grape seeds, etc. And we learn from the fact that the Torah split them up, the one would be liable to lashes for each one individually. Now, that would mean you would have to have the minimum amount of each one. But it comes out that, on the one hand, we're looking at all parts of the grape like one thing, and therefore they can all join together to make up a kazayas to make you liable to lashes. But on the other hand, if you have a kazayas of grape seeds and a kazayas of grape skins, then you would be liable to two sets of lashes. Even though in general, if you view that as the same thing, you'd only be liable to one set. So on the one hand, they're each an individual prohibition. On the other hand, since they're all part of the same category, they can join together to make up the minimum size. Says the Mishnah, he'll be liable to lashes for wine in itself, meaning it's its own prohibition as well. And for grapes in themselves, which for now will translate as the seeds of the grapes in terms of themselves, which for now will translate to the mean, and for the skins of the grapes in terms of themselves. We'll see more about the definition of Chartsan and Zagim at the end of this Mishnah. Rebbe Lozman says, he learns out of Psukim that the minimum amount to be liable for the grapes is not necessarily the size of a kazayas, rather, he would not be liable unless he eats two seeds of the grapes and the skin of a grape. So those two put together is definitely less than a kazayas. So in that sense, Rebbe Lozman is being far more strict. On the other hand, if you were to eat a kazayas of only skins, and no grape seeds, then you would be exempt. So in some ways, Rilaz ben Azariah is also being lenient. And he learns this from the psukim, which talk about chartsanim in the plural, whereas when it talks about the zagim, the, the skin of the grape, it uses the singular term zog. Alright, now, what exactly is the definition of chartsanim? What is the definition of zagim? So according to the first opinion, the chartsanim refers to the outer part of the grape, meaning the skin of the grape, and the zagim refers to the things in the inner part of the grape, namely the seeds. The Rabbi Yehuda, that's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, You shouldn't make a mistake. And a way to remember which the order is, which one is which, It's like the zug of a behemoth. Zug is a ter- certain type of bell, which certain animals had. And the bell was made up of two parts, the outer part, and the inner small object, which would make the noise by banging on the outer part. And in that zug bell, zug, the outer part is, is known as the zug, and the inner part is this small object which bangs against the sides. But you see that over there, the outer part is called the zug. 
So according to Yaisi, the, z- the zagim are the skins of the grapes, and the chaytzanim are the seeds of the grapes. It should be noted that Rabbi Lazar Nazaria was going according to Rabbi Yaisi's definition. Mr. Gimel, we have seen already earlier on in the Masechta that if a Nazar becomes Tomei in the middle of his Nazirus, then he must start his Nazirus again. Now, that is the only prohibition which, if a Nazir violates, he needs, it, so it totally destroys his Nazirus and he must start again. But there's another prohibition that if one violates it, it doesn't mean that he has to start his Nazirus again as a sort of punishment for having violated the Nazirus. Rather, part of the process which the Nazir goes through at the end of his Nazirus in order to end the Nazirus and to no longer be prohibited in the Nazir's prohibitions, part of that process, as well as bringing Karbanais, he also needs to shave his hair. And that obligation can only be fulfilled if he shaves hair which has grown for 30 days. And therefore, after the mission tells us that Stam Nazirus Shleishim Yoim, a regular Nazirus period is 30 days, and if a Nazir Gilach, if he shaves his hair, Aisha Gilchuhu Listim, or bandits shave his hair, meaning even if it's done against his will, Saisar Shleishim Yoim, he uproots 30 days of his Nazirus. And it's not as a punishment, because it's even if it's done forcibly. The point is that in order to end his Nazirus, he would have needed to grow the hair for 30 days. Now, if he was a Nazir for, let's say, a longer time than 30 days, then there would be no consequence of what he just did. As long as he's got at least 30 days um, ahead of him, then there would be no consequence of what he just did. He just needs to make sure that at the end of his Nazirus, he would have grown his hair for at least 30 days. Nazir Shagilach, a Nazir who shaved his hair, bin Bazug, whether with scissors, bin Matar, whether with a razor, or he took out hair with his hands, he is liable to lashes, and this is as long as he cuts it properly, and he takes out the hair from its root. Alright, continues the Mishnah. A Nazir may rub his hair with his hand, or a fast pace, or scratch his hair, even though this might lead to some hairs coming out and being uprooted. Since this is not his intention, the opinion of this Mishnah is like the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, that a action which is done and will possibly lead to a consequence, but he's not intending for that consequence. He's doing it for a different purpose. It's permitted to do that action. However, even according to this opinion, it is forbidden for him to comb his hair, because then it is not only a possibility that he'll take out hair, but it's inevitable. This is known as a psik ratio, where the consequence, which perhaps he's not intending for, will definitely happen. And in such case, it is forbidden to do that action. And Rishmal adds, Rishmal, Aymer Rishmal says, It is forbidden to rub earth on his hair, because that also definitely takes out part of his hair. It should be noted, by the way, that whenever we're talking about the lashes, which a Nazir would get, for any prohibition which he violates, he would actually receive two sets of Malchus. One for the actual prohibition of the Nazir, and secondly, he's also going against the Neder which he made. He became a Nazir as a result of a Neder. So now he's also going against the Neder, and therefore he would be liable to two sets of Malchus. Mishadalit, in order to be liable to Malchus, one must have received hasra'ah, he must have received warning not to violate this Havera, and that if he does so, he will receive Malchus. So there'll be two witnesses who see him, and they'll tell him not to do it. Only if they do so would he be able to receive Malchus. As well as that, only if he violates the Avera within a couple of seconds of the Hasra being given to him, only then would he be liable, because otherwise we can possibly, there's a possibility that he might have forgotten, he won't relate the action to the warning given. So only if he does the Avera within a couple of seconds of the Hasra would he be punished by Malchus. 
So the Rishon discusses a case where there was a Nazir who was drinking wine all day, but he only received one Hasra'ah. He's only liable to Malchus once, but that would, of course, as we explained, he would receive Malchus twice, because he's also going against the Neder. But the point is, it's considered to be Malchus for one Avera, because all of the times that he was drinking wine, after a couple of seconds after the Hasra'ah, there was no Hasra'ah for that part. And therefore, he can't receive Malchus except for the drinking of wine, which took place immediately after the warning was given. If they say repeatedly to him, don't drink, don't drink, and they give him Asra'ah again and again, nevertheless, he still continues to drink the wine, he will be liable for each time that he was warned not to drink. On a similar note, if he was shaving all day and he only received Asra'ah once, he's only liable to one Malchus. But if they told him repeatedly, don't shave, don't shave, but nevertheless he continues shaving, he'll be liable to each time that he received Hasra'ah. And thirdly, if he was becoming Tomei from a dead body all day, and this means that he was touching something which was Tomei, and then he let go, and touched it again, and then let go. So if he only received Hasra'ah once, he's only liable once. But if they tell him not to become Tomei, but he nevertheless does become Tomei, he'll be liable to receive Malchus for each time that he received Hasra and went against it. Mishnah Hey, as the Mishnah told us at the beginning of this parak, there are three categories of prohibition when it comes to a Nazir. Not to become Tomei from a dead body, not to shave his hair, and not to consume that which comes from grapes, from a vine. And that's an introduction for the rest of the Mishnah. There is a stringency of the prohibitions of becoming Tomei and shaving one's hair over the prohibition of consuming something which comes from a vine. What is that stringency? Because one who violates Tuma or Tiglachas, shaving, that can destroy and uproot previous days of the Naziris, and as a result of that, he will need to count and be a Nazir for a longer amount of time. Like it's when I get in whereas one who violates the prohibition of eating something which comes from grapes, that would not cause him to be a Nazir for any longer, and it would not uproot any days of his Naziris. Alright? On the other hand, there is a stringency which exists regarding the prohibition of consuming grape products, over the other two prohibitions. What is that? Because the prohibition of having something which comes from grapes was not permitted from its general rule. Meaning, it is always forbidden to consume something which comes from grapes. Even if, for whatever reason, you might have a mitzvah to eat grapes or to drink wine. For example, if somebody made a shavua, he made an oath to drink wine. And then he became a nazir. Even though he's got an obligation because of the oath to drink wine, nevertheless, he is forbidden to drink wine. The Nazar's prohibition of drinking wine is never lifted. There are situations where one would violate the prohibition of becoming Tomei or shaving his hair because of a mitzvah to do so. When is that? Patiglachas mitzvah, when it is a mitzvah to shave, and that's referring to a not to a mitzvah, somebody who has tzara'as, part of his purification process, is that he must shave his hair. So even if he is a Nazir, he still has an obligation to shave his hair. The positive mitzvah of shaving his hair overrides the negative uh, mitzvah, the Avera of shaving his hair as a Nazir. And as a rule, that a positive mitzvah overrides a negative mitzvah. 
all right, of a mace mitzvah, and he would also need to become Tommy in order to bury a mace mitzvah. A mace mitzvah is somebody who is found dead somewhere, and there is nobody to bury him. So if the Nozer is the only one around, and he sees a dead person on the, on the side, and he needs to bury him, so he would need to become Tommy in order to do so. Alright, there's a tradition when it comes to the prohibition of Tumah, more than the prohibition of shaving one's hair, because if he violates Tumah, he becomes Tommy as a Nozer, then he uproots the entire Nazirus. And he is obligated to bring carbonos for having done so. When it comes to shaving his hair as a nazir, that only uproots 30 days of the nazirus maximum, meaning there has to be at least 30 days ahead of him. And he would not be obligated to bring a carbon for having shaved his hair.